0: Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. Tug is not here yet again. I think this is the last time he won't be here for I at know, least a probably, little bit. He'll probably be here next episode. That's all I can promise you. Probably be here next time. <laughs> until uh,
1: next time, folks.
0: Yeah, until next time, it's Bug and Doug here with you. We are continuing right. our conference preview series where we are going through every single conference in all of Division I college football. That means the FBS and the, the FCS. We have made it through eight FBS conferences so far. Tonight on live stream will be number nine of ten. And then we will head into the FCS. Uh, this is not going to be a double double-decker. If you're on Twitch with us, uh, but of course, if you are live with uh, with us on Twitch, we can get your questions much, much sooner than if you're watching us later. So highly recommend checking us out. Big dudes in the trenches, all one word on Twitch. Or, you know, these all go up somewhere eventually. Recommend checking them out on YouTube if you can't catch the Twitch because the visuals are kind of cool. Big dudes in the trenches on there as well. Audio platforms. You know the deal. There are links everywhere. Y'all get it by now. <laughs> Hi, What's Resty. up, man? Uh, well,
1: the one thing you forgot to mention in all of that is because this isn't a double episode. If you are an audio listener and you're looking for that SEC preview, you're going to have to wait until next week uh, as opposed to just Ooh. tomorrow. So uh, that's kind of how we're rolling with it a little bit. A little bit of a formatting change. Um Yeah, we'll roll with it, and we'll we'll keep you guys updated, and let you know when uh when we're gonna get into not just the SEC but the FBS after that or FCS after that rather. But man, I don't I don't think we should delay it too much longer. I think we should hop straight
0: into talking about the Big Ten today. What do you say? Sounds good to me. I do think it's fair to question why they're still going with the Big Ten moniker at this point.
1: I mean, the Uh, Big Twelve still going with the Big Twelve. So I mean. It's like the big 16 and the bigger 16 is what it's going to end up being.
0: The big 20 could work. (laughs) The double deuce? Maybe at some point we need to just get away from, you know, including numbers and the names of conferences. Might be something worth considering. Uh, This is the last year that the Big Ten will have 14 members.
1: And I I guess that's all we can really
0: say about it.
1: We're we're getting told to move on to the next topic, so I guess we gotta go straight into the team, maybe. We got we got the Um, channel redemption here, so
0: all right, fair enough. Um I (laughs) okay. It's rough Indiana. (laughs) Going in alphabetical order by division, because this is the last year with divisions still. Indiana is up first. Uh the, the punching bag of the east, unfortunately, for Indiana here. Uh I don't I mean, you, know if that's really gonna change this year. But you say
1: that and yet what when they had Michael Penix there, they were you know on the cusp of greatness, it always felt like.
0: Yeah, sure. Twenty twenty was a good year, and that's why Tom Allen is still here for that twenty twenty season. Uh that has never been replicated, and they will not do that this year either. Uh, they just don't have the talent for it on the team, honestly, at the key positions. Josh Henderson is really fun at running back. I like Noah Pierre. Um, yeah, Tom Allen is getting a whole lot of love because of that one good year. I think they're going to be in a similar boat to where they were last year. I mean, they ended up 2-7 and seven in conference. That's reasonable.
1: I mean, they're known as Indiana and in a basketball school for a reason. So, I, there's not a whole lot, in my opinion, to be excited about for Hoosier football going into this season. But you never know. We could be surprised, right?
0: That is theoretically possible. I don't know what exactly we would be surprised about. I mean, probably the same thing we'd be surprised about if
1: Maryland had a great season. Now, they did win their bowl game against North Carolina State to close out the year, but otherwise, I expect they'll do what they always do. They'll probably start off about 5-0. and Without even looking at their schedule, they'll probably start off 5-0, and get people to believe, and
0: then they'll run into a buzzsaw and everything will fall apart. They do historically great against you know their FCS and low group of five-tier opponent week one and two. Um, like some of the best offensive stuff we've ever seen, and then yeah, they run into the the Big Ten East. It's the it's the nature of the division they're in. They have to play at Ohio State, home for Penn they, State, and home for the team up north this year.
1: They might not even make it to five and zero because they have to play at Spartan Stadium. So I mean, yeah,
0: but. Look. Maybe even that one's up in the air. We'll see. I think I Maryland's mean, that's, a lot, that's a lot better. I think Maryland's a lot better than you give them credit for. Uh, Talia, talking about Loa, is in his final year at Maryland. I think Until that's he finds an extra point.
1: year of eligibility somewhere, right?
0: Well, un- unless he goes ahead and accepts one of those NIL offers to transfer to the SEC, where the NCAA will definitely make an exception for him. So. <laughs> And we've been talking about some Maryland receivers, feels like several years at this point. Jay Sean Jones is back. He's phenomenal. If you watched uh the podcast last year during the season, he was one of my prospects to watch. Didn't think he would make it back, but he's back. And I am excited to see him potentially be the number one receiver in this offense this year. Like this this offense has never been the concern. With Maryland, it's always been, can they actually stop one of these stronger teams in the Big Ten East? The offense is going to be great. (laughs)
1: Probably. I mean, you're probably spot on there. And and that's always kind of been the thing for them is that they have had a good offense, which is why they run through the early part of their schedule. And then it just falls apart. So I'm curious to see how this all plays out for them in the end and how much are they able to carry past kind of that first first half of the season really
0: i would not at all be surprised if they end up over 500 again 8 and 5 last year overall that's certainly reasonable
1: uh, um, i think I mean, it's definitely doable cuz
0: i mean yeah Tiles, i think i think it's doable Wilson and charlotte and virginia
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil Indiana in three losses, but the the rest <laughs> of the schedule is favorable to them, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. One uh, of the that teams does... that's
1: not favorable for them to win against, though. Yes. <laughs> the... Reigning
0: Big Ten champion. Back to back. Reigning defending. Undisputed.
1: Now, granted. Granted, Michigan did have some very real struggles last year. So, this is not all, you know, let's not just get in here and say they, they're they the odds on favorite just because they've done it two years in a row, right? The week before they played Ohio State, they very easily could have lost to Illinois and probably should have.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that assessment. Uh, also, Felt closer than it should have been against Iowa, even though I know some of those, I don't know, it was probably the fourth quarter wasn't close at all. But I got to watch them play. I I hate Michigan so much. I despise them with every fiber of my being. So I watched them play two times. Uh um three times if you count the fourth quarter of the Illinois game because I heard they were losing. But <laughs> I watched them against Ohio State. and I was there in Lucas Oil Stadium watching them play Purdue in the Big Ten Championship game. Um, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback they've had since i've been alive uh tom brady doesn't count for that um, amazingly uh blake Corum <laughs> is our preseason all america running back drake nugent you called me out in the all america show saying they had such a great offensive line why is only drake nugent here um that is an interesting assessment I think it might have been a little bit of hometown bias at taken away one of the guard spots from Zach Zinter. Um the, the offensive line overall is really good. Drake Nugent is the named piece of the squad. Transfer from Stanford, actually, um, if you didn't know, if you didn't catch the All-America show. The defense is going to be different, but it feels like every – Defense is different every year. They're still going to be phenomenal. Um, this is this is w- what I asked for when Jim Harbaugh was hired, is that we might get a return of the rivalry, and we have it. So, and
1: now now you have to deal with potential heartbreak every year. And I'm going to yes. be honest too. Looking at this schedule uh, for Michigan, I <clears throat> excuse me, I could very easily see them going back into the game undefeated and have that be the deciding factor of who goes to the conference championship yet again, which is the way we want this rivalry to be. It's the way we want the game to be. Right. Uh, Even though it puts a insanely hilarious amount of stress and anticipation on your end, uh, this is what we want right now.
0: If you have not been aware, uh, Jim Harbaugh is suspended for the first four games of the season and they got four
1: rough ones. East Carolina, <laughs> UNLV, Bowling Green and Rutgers. I you they could lose all four of those games.
0: I do expect some nail biter's in there definitely against Bowling Green for sure. <laughs> it, it's
1: is it sad that their their toughest game of that stretch is going to be ECU?
0: Is that true? Not to tip our uh, our analysis of Rutgers here, but is that true? I mean, I feel weird saying that because Rutgers is there, but I don't expect much from Rutgers anyway. And all uh, <laughs> four of them are at
1: home too. All four yeah. games are at
0: home. Yeah. Yeah. This the NCAA most, really
1: showed them.
0: The most likely scenario is they will be undefeated heading into the game. Second most likely scenario, they are at Penn State November 11th. That should be phenomenal. Maybe Penn State upsets them in Happy Valley. Um, third most likely scenario is they fucking win everything. So it's there's no scenario where they're not very good this year. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which I know is unfortunate for you in some regards. But in others, I mean, you've got to be excited to see. you got to be excited on some level and a weird way to see your biggest rival
0: being this successful, really. I'm glad that it, it gives it gives us the respect that I felt like we've deserved. Um, when Even when they were up to number two in the nation, you know, 2018, for example. They were number two. Ohio State was number four heading into the game. And everybody had Ohio State as 20-something point favorites, and nobody gave a shit anyway. Uh, we won in overtime, and everyone wondered why we didn't beat them by more. Like, this is – this is what the rivalry needed, so I hate losing to Michigan, but it is a welcome return to national relevance for the conference in more more ways than just the Ohio State Buckeyes.
1: And I think realistically, along with you know how some of the other teams, Ohio State, like you mentioned, and even this next team, Michigan State, little brother, big brother, wherever you are and want to decide on this one, they're... Consistency, their their strong consistency, I would say, uh, as well as Penn State strong consistency. <clears throat> They've really elevated this conference to a position where I, we all feel confident and comfortable saying that they are the second best conference in the FBS right now.
0: Sure. Um. Unfortunately, I don't know that Michigan State's one of the going to be one of the reasons why this year. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I lead
1: it. I lead all. I do all that and lead into it, and it's like, well, I mean, they well, they have hard, been though. I mean, right?
0: Are are the Spartans the reason why they're the second best team in the nation, the second best <laughs> conference in the nation? Um, I would put Michigan State up against, I don't know, Missouri or Kentucky, and watch the SEC dominate that matchup. So. <laughs> No, I I went into this expecting to see Peyton Thorne up on the screen for us. Peyton Thorne has been the starter for Michigan State for a little while now. He's gone. He's transferred down to SEC territory, uh, which means I have no idea who the quarterback is going to be, which is a big problem usually. Jalen Berger is a fun running back. I enjoy watching Jalen Berger. Um, He's not Kenneth Walker and Mel Tucker made all his money because of Kenneth Walker and owes, owes 80% of his salary to the man. Let's be all real with each other. <laughs> uh, the linebacking core is probably the best part of this team at the end of the day, regardless of whether Peyton Thorne was here or not. Jacoby Windman and Cal Halliday are legitimately great. Cal Halliday is usually up there as the best linebacker in the Big Ten Conference. Um, I'd... Don't know if that's going to hold true this year. There are some really strong contenders. Kyle Halliday is probably going to lead the conference in tackles, though. And its he's the focal point of that defense, for sure, and for good reason. Uh, This is a feisty team. Mel Tucker always has them play with an edge, which can be good. It can be detrimental as well. We've seen both sides of that at this point they need to make a bowl game this year. I don't know if they're going to be up there, but they that needs to happen. Come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing and probably the best thing for uh Spartans fans is you don't have to worry about, you know, four players on your team getting arrested after the Michigan game cuz you actually have two tunnels at your stadium. So that's exciting. That um very exciting. Which, underrated, we should have talked about this a little bit more when talking about Michigan. They've got to, as great as the big house is
0: for college football, they've got to figure that out. That's ridiculous. You say that, but it's also been that way for over 100 years, right? So,
1: I mean, yeah, but 100 years ago, (laughs) we didn't have a bunch of idiots playing that wanted to go out and kill each other. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I can't wait for their game against Richmond, though. That's my favorite part of their schedule. Let's go Richmond Spiders,
1: baby. Everybody gets one. <laughs> Homecoming week four against Maryland. <laughs> this is the second team in a row that I've noticed this because it's the same way for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Very front loaded on home games. Like I, I feel bad for them almost. And then well, even I'll- to close to close out the year, they're They're at home, but it's technically a neutral site playing against
0: Penn State at Ford Field. Like, man. The Big Ten likes to do that anymore because of the nine-game conference schedule and the usual uh, deal where they're not normally allowed to schedule FCS opponents at all. They try to get a couple of group of five teams and get some home games in early. Uh, so they they kind of get ready for the big-time opponents later in the year. There are some exceptions that FCS rule. We're seeing it with Michigan State. We're seeing it with Ohio State, our next team as well. Not usual that we get to see them play an FCS opponent, but we do get to see Ohio State take on Youngstown State, of course, in the horseshoe uh, week two of the season. I think the reason they get away with this one is because Jim Trestle, and his connections there, unfortunately, for Youngstown State, Jim Trussell retired as their president the, a year ago at this point. Yeah. Um, and so we will have no mercy on their football team. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the one of the most exciting skill position groups in college football. Uh, there are three, four legitimate running back talents. Travion Henderson made the screen because when he gets in open space, there is nobody else in that running back room who can separate like he can and break off huge ass runs. My Williams, though, in the same token, is just a, a bruiser. And he's he's very fun to watch play. <laughs> it was actually our leading rusher last year because Travion Henderson was hurt so much. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rotation, even if Henderson stays healthy. We're gonna have to work Mayan Williamson there somehow. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the headliner of a pretty deep wide receiver room, which everyone has come to expect at this point. Brian Hartline knows how to recruit him, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: He is – I mean, this is just another in the long list of elite wide receiver talent. And, you know, it, we don't have the quarterback up here. So, right. I feel like this is probably the best time and only time you're ever going to hear me say it. This is probably why, you know, you look at this, you look at the elite running backs, you look at the elite wide receiver talent that comes out of there, and, of course, the offensive line. If people would say more something more along the lines of they had the best in the – in the country, playing at Ohio State, because I would put most offensive linemen out of Ohio State against offensive linemen out of the SEC. I would absolutely put the wide receivers up against them, and the running backs. I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty even even draw, I think. But then sure Ohio the State will quarter-
0: disagree. But fuck them.
1: <laughs> Ohio State, Ohio State quarterbacks have consistently struggled at the NFL level. Yeah, why are we not? You know. It's got to come down to that, right? Because we're not really seeing that at out of some of these other schools. I mean, Alabama, we finally have some successful Alabama quarterbacks,
0: and let's be real, Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma quarterback, right? So, two. Of it three. comes down to it comes down to two things for me in my mind. Uh, number one, Ohio State historically has never played this way, ever since the the transition period under Urban Meyer, and into the Ryan Day era at offensive coordinator, and then now with him at head coach, has been the only years, the only eight years in Ohio State football history where we have prioritized the passing game over the running game. Even if you go back to the Jim Trestle era when we were making all those BCS title game appearances, the reason we would get smoked is because we weren't ready to throw the ball. We weren't ready to hang with the guys who could throw the ball all up and down the field and just run around us. We tried to run up the gut every single play, and it worked in the Big Ten. didn't work when you went up against Florida and LSU. So it's it's never been a school for quarterbacks in history. And then you get into the Ryan Day era. You have Dwayne Haskins, who is off to a promising start before, unfortunately. Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Um, Justin Fields is one of the most hyped MVP candidates of the season Whether that's right or wrong is up to you But it's It's a thing that's happening CJ Stroud is the number Two overall pick in the NFL draft I don't think There's been enough time to evaluate Ohio State as a quarterback school Because they've only been trying to do that for Eight years Yeah I, I think you're I think you're exactly
1: right there all right. Like I like I said, there's there just there was something that wasn't making sense. There's something that wasn't passing the sniff test, so to speak. Right? Sure. They've been a fine team. There's no reason to assume that they wouldn't work out well. But if you don't have kind of that pedigree here, there's still it might be called a pro style offense. But let's be real, it's still the college football game, and maybe maybe coaching. It is a very quarterback friendly is.
0: system. It is a very quarterback-friendly system, which is why we've seen, you know, even C.J. Stroud step in and be successful early, um, even with that loss to Oregon in his second game at Ohio State, second start at Ohio State. It's like he was able to step in and perform pretty well. There were other flaws with that team at the time. So it's it's an easier road to start. Uh, Week one against Indiana, starting things off with Big Ten play, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, and then at Notre Dame. So we get kind of a break-in, breaking-in period for the new quarterback, whoever that ends up being. Probably Kyle McCord, let's be real. Um, But we'll see. This is the second straight team in our preview who has their homecoming against Maryland early in the year. (laughs) Sorry, Terrapins. Everybody's fueling up on the emotions against you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Ohio State has potential to be a top 10 defense in the country, um, which historically would not have been a weird thing to say, but they haven't been up there recently. And they need to be if they're going to try to compete for national titles. Last year was – an anomaly in how well they were doing as only like the 12th ranked defense in the country. You need to be in the top five in both categories to win a national championship usually. Uh, And this will be, it'll be closer. We'll see. Of course, the game to end the year is, is going to be a challenge. Uh, Penn state comes to the shoe and at camp Randall, Against Wisconsin. It's, it's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be an interesting game, game for well. a
1: couple of reasons. So we'll yes. we'll get to we'll break that down a little bit more when we get to Wisconsin, where I think it makes more sense. For right now though, sure. while we move on to that other team that you were talking about, Penn State? We've yeah. talked a lot in the past couple of years about how James Franklin doesn't really deserve to keep getting the leash he's getting, yet here he is having his going into his tenth season at Penn State.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's a fair way to phrase it. It feels like he has he has a stranglehold on the program in the sense that he's doing the best that they expect. Um, but I think there is room here for more, as much as that pains me to say. Like Penn State is one of those, however you, wherever you draw the line for blue blood programs in college football, Penn State is either barely in or, like, one of the first three teams out. So yeah. <laughs> they're a great program historically. Let's be real. They spent a lot of money on college football. Are How much longer are they going to be okay with being the third okay. best team in the Big Ten? Well. Yeah. Uh, And that's it, feels like they've been the third best team in the Big Ten for six years.
1: Honestly, that's probably why they waited so long to join a conference because they're worried of just this. I mean, and and they did go into the conference and the side of the conference where that was most likely to happen to them, too, with Michigan and Ohio State both in the division.
0: Just geographically unavoidable how that worked out for them.
1: Yeah. The uh, what was it? The legends and the. The the old divisions were actually better for yeah. them. They were the only team that benefited.
0: <laughs> well, they still were in the division with Ohio State, so <laughs> get fucked. Uh, <laughs> next year, starting to go divisionless, we'll see if that helps them. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Penn State either. Uh, I believe it'll be Drew Aller. The I think he's a sophomore now, out of Ohio. Uh, one of their highest-rated quarterback recruits in a very long time. That hasn't been announced. We don't know. Technically, it's a battle. I don't know who the other guy is. I think that ought to tell you something. It's probably going to be Drew Weller. <laughs> uh, but even without a quarterback situation sorted, I don't know that their wide receiver room is a lot to write home about, especially after just talking about the Ohio State wide receiver room a little bit. Uh, the thing that scares me out of Penn State is the running back room. They have two guys who were both true freshmen last year, and both of them damn near hit 1,000 yards individually. Nicholas Singleton and Ktron Allen are both very good running backs, and they're going up behind a great offensive line, headlined by probable first offensive lineman off the board in next year's NFL draft. Olu Fashanu, you don't have to pronounce the whole thing, but I'm saving you. Beautiful. <laughs> and they have – they they lose the name recognition at cornerback, um, but Kalen King is probably, honestly, better. Better. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm yeah. intrigued that they're having their wideout against Iowa. Like, not that they have – I mean – they they play Michigan at home. Why would why would that not be
0: the whiteout? Why would you not want to save that for later? They're, they're because having their they out. I'll tell you exactly why. I'll tell you exactly why. They've been trying to put the whiteout on the biggest game of the year too many times recently. So they're coming up on having a losing record in whiteout games. They're trying to was, build that back up. <laughs> I kind of it crossed my mind as soon as I said that. I was like they probably need a win. And think back a couple years ago, number three against number four, Iowa against Penn State. I think that was 2020. Fucking weird year. (laughs) (laughs) Iowa won that game, number three in the country. Penn State was number four. Iowa won and rushed the field. Because (laughs) they'd never been there before.
1: (laughs) Another team who hasn't been... There, as far as any type of success, especially since joining the Big Ten, uh, Rutgers. Yeah. Although yeah, I believe, is... I believe we said in the past the last time they were good when they were part of the Big East. Greg Schiano was the coach, and uh Absolutely. you know, I mean, they got four wins last year, only one in the conference. I think he's still figuring out the Big Ten. They'll they'll probably start off with a Big Ten conference win this year, though. Opening up against a, a bigger shit show, and we'll get there. Don't worry.
0: I don't know if it's fair to say Gretchiano is still figuring out the Big Ten. I mean, he came to came back to Rutgers from being the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Like he's been in the Big Ten for a half a decade at this point, over half a decade. Um, the one thing he knows better than the Big Ten, though, is the Scarlet Knights. They always seem to pull out some bullshit, some some funky How? nonsense. Uh, <laughs> how is he recruiting
1: against other Big Ten schools, though? I mean, that's to me, that's where it really comes down to because, or what it really comes down to, rather. Because I recruiting against the Mac, the ACC, like that's cool and everything, but that's
0: not the Big Ten.
1: That's probably the biggest he's, weakness
0: for Rutgers. He's recruiting better than Northwestern, given that. Yeah, well, um,
1: Northwestern's got other issues right now.
0: I think twenty twenty four right now, they're every school in the Big Ten is in the top forty recruiting classes in the nation. Nice, um, including Rutgers. Let me just verify that real quick because I think I mean, if Rutgers it, is if doing it a is, lot better.
1: If it is, that is a a massive win for them, and. Looking ahead into their schedule here while he's doing all that, they've got another favorable non-conference schedule, Temple, Virginia Tech, and Wagner. Virginia Tech probably be a big game. Uh, But at the same time, Virginia Tech's also figuring some things out. And last but not least, Wagner being Dollar Slice Pizza Night, sponsored by Pizza Hut, get out of here. I almost want to go up to Piscataway for that myself.
0: I would love to go to Piscataway for that. Wagner's beat the shit out of them. They're number 33 in the nation recruiting in 2024. So they're coming up on one of their best classes in a while, but it is still mostly three stars, uh, which makes it tough. You know, you're competing in a conference that loves to pick up five stars, four stars, left and right. Five um, stars backing up five stars at Ohio State and Michigan, right? That's what they say, but we have yet to see Michigan pick up a five-star recruit. So get fucked. <laughs>
1: Uh, do we see them improving <laughs> on last year? Is that kind of going to be the uh, <laughs> the hope going into this season again?
0: It'll certainly be the hope. Four and eight, one and eight in conference. Um, I don't know if that's going to be too much better. See, the The issue in the Big Ten East now, especially more than the Big Ten West, it's very... Um, I'm trying to say this without sounding like a complete fucking douche. The way rosters are constructed in the big 10 East is similar to how they're constructed in the NFL more than how they're constructed. It's closer to how they're constructing the NFL than how they're constructed in the rest of college football. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the talent is the same level or whatever. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, The Big Ten East gets their pick of everybody in the nation. And what, you know, try not to read into that. I'm saying quarterback, left tackle, defensive end. Those three are like the three most important positions to NFL front offices. That's how Ohio State has been trying to build. That's how Michigan's been trying to build. Uh, Penn State is number three in the conference because they refuse to do that. But they have left tackle and defensive end figured out. They're trying to do it with running backs instead. That's why they're number three. Rutgers hasn't figured out. I don't think they've figured out two of those yet. I like Curtis Dunlap a lot. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to avoid that conversation. But they've been focused on I mean, Samuel Brown's really good. I don't think he solves the problem of playing in the Big Ten East. Uh, Max Melton is awesome, one of the best corners in the conference. That doesn't help you in the Big Ten East. And so you're going to be able to compete against some teams in the West, potentially. Um, Your best bet is, I mean, Northwestern is uh, looking like a reprieve on the schedule. Unfortunately, that's week one. So it's going to be a tough year simply because of how they built the roster and what Greg Schiano wants to do, uh, which I don't think fits the – it's a very pro It's style. unfortunately
1: – yeah. Unfortunately, I, I just – I think the biggest issue is their style of play doesn't fit in with the Big Ten, which right. was a concern from the start when Rutgers joined. And here we are, what, 10 years into this, and they have not had a winning season in the Big Ten if I'm not mistaken. Correct.
0: Let's um, move on to a was, team. Purely business reasons why Rutgers is in the Big Ten. <laughs> which does not matter the, anymore. Fuck let's them. move on. To, yeah, <laughs> let's
1: move on to the Big Ten West. And uh, one quick thing to point out from me here, though. We're obviously illinois being the first alphabetically we're going to start with illinois who i have some favoritism towards i'm not going to lie about that going i went back through and checked about half of the big 10 east schedules there was one school that had the big 10 championship game penciled in on their schedule would you like to guess who it was um not really <laughs> it was it was michigan I have two teams, the first two, Illinois and Iowa, from the Big Ten West. And wouldn't you know it, both of those teams have it penciled on their schedule because let's face it, the Big Ten West is pretty much completely fucking open, especially, yeah. you know, and we'll talk more about Wisconsin later. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not plastic that far ahead. They have not been as dominant lately and it's really opened the door for a lot of these other teams. I mean, everybody's pretty much around the same record as far as Big Ten West. West conference record uh it's wide open and i was upset three years ago when levy smith was replaced Mm -hmm. and brett bielema did fine he didn't come out of the gates red hot he came out of the gates fine uh but he has absolutely proven and turned this team around getting an all-american at cornerback last season And producing, what, four or five draft picks? I mean, this was this was a great year for Illinois, and I expect them to continue right on that uh, that trajectory here.
0: And we're looking at another first-round talent on the screen right now, Jerzon Newton, a defensive tackle. Um, yeah, Illinois has been resurgent uh, is probably the best word for it. Under Brett Bielema, they've been a dormant, sleeping giant this long. Nobody knew. When's the last time Illinois was actually good? I think it's the 70s. -70s, Mid-70s, they were were pretty solid.
1: They have the uh, opening the season against Toledo at Memorial Stadium. They have the 1983 Big Ten title reunion to kick off the season. Yeah,
0: it was 83. I remember (laughs) – I think it was Indiana I was thinking of with the 70s because I remember the Big Big Ten media days. Tom Allen was talking about – was asked – what he feels about ucla joining the conference next year he's like well the last time we played them was the rose bowl in 1973 so i think it's gonna be pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh no illinois is is fun they're physical they're nasty and i am excited to watch illinois play football
1: it did, uh, it did hurt me nice a little bit players. having to cheer against them in the ReliQuest Bowl last year. But, I mean, they were playing Mississippi State. I mean, I, with everything that happened, I think you had to be – pulled. I don't think yeah. anybody was pulling for Illinois. Everybody wanted to see Mississippi State win. So, I, I don't feel that bad. What I was right. more upset about is that the ReliQuest Bowl replaced the Outback Bowl, and we no longer get coconut shrimp or blooming Onions. So, that was really the more disappointing thing about that game. I – Man, they've got they've got a pretty favorable schedule. We talked about the game at Kansas that is early in the season and is going to be kind of a prove-it game for both teams in a way that nobody ever really thought it would be when this game was scheduled, I'm sure.
0: Right, and they do avoid the two heaviest hitters out of the Big Ten East. Of course, they play Penn State in Champaign this year, which should be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Remember the last time they were in Champagne? Went to seven overtimes, I think, or was that in Happy Valley?
1: Uh, no, that was in.
0: Oh my gosh, I don't know. I feel
1: like it was in Happy Valley. Maybe I don't maybe know. Maybe it was.
0: Maybe maybe it was just the last time they played each other. <laughs> it, it was like nine think, overtimes. Yeah, that was, some, some yeah, that, was
1: that was the introduction of the new overtime rules, and nobody they scored the first. They both scored the first <laughs> one. They're like, ah, oh, fuck, we don't have any other
0: places to score here. I think that was Brett his first season. Could have been. So, all right. Let's, I don't want to keep I, proving myself to be an idiot. Let's I,
1: <laughs> I think they've got a chance to win the Big Ten West. I think they're they're in a small yeah. group of teams. Iowa, on the other hand, I don't man, I don't know this, that we can put them in that list because their offense <laughs> is so
0: anemic. You say a small group of teams who could win the big ten West, and I'm here thinking um, Anybody I can, can win the Big Ten West? I, I can name you all but one in the Big Ten West who has a shot. <laughs>
1: I, I I think there's two that have no shot at winning the Big Ten West, but that's just me. Okay, at le- there's at least two. I would almost well, put Iowa as three because this offense is just pitiful. And I don't expect Cade McNamara to make a make a difference here.
0: Yeah, you're underselling Cade McNamara a little bit, but not by a lot. Let's be real. There's a reason the off- he's no longer at Michigan. The offense will be better. That is it's not hard to be worse. far to clear.
1: Yeah, it's hard to be worse. But it
0: will be better. Um, but I don't think the defense will be any worse, which gives Iowa hope, honestly. The defense is the reason they've been in any games the past year or two. Uh, the defense should be that incredible yet again. I know they lose a first round pick at defensive end, but I was so good at developing that position at this point. I feel like I can reasonably give Kirk Ferentz benefit of the doubt. He's been doing it for 25 years. So I think it's it's fair to say he is the longest tenured head coach in college football at this point, which feels crazy. But also he's been – consistently above average and for iowa that's incredible
1: he's pretty (laughs) iconic i think we know it would look weird seeing his face associated with any other team not just college football any other team period also throughout here kind of like we talked about with illinois they avoid the heavy hitters out of the big 10 east uh they do have penn state of course but the two biggest heavy hitters I, i should say and they get to play Northwestern at Wrigley Field late in the season. So that's gonna be pretty cool too.
0: In the Wildcats classic.
1: Fingers, I mean, not that I'm hoping for it or think it will happen. There's there's a chance there's gonna be a conflict, a scheduling conflict here. Uh which, you know,
0: cubs are cubs are hot.
1: I'm just saying. I'm not saying they're going to the World Series, I'm saying they could, and
0: that would that would suck. Um the Cubs better fucking not. That's that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> I one of the other teams to, who was like he Minnesota. I think was one of four teams who could have potentially won the Big Ten West in the last week of the season. So uh, yeah, yeah, six and there, three, six and three
1: conference conference record.
0: They're up there too. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry, I cut in.
1: I did. I did have to go and run back and check everything because. I noticed on our notes, we had one coach that wasn't updated and I said, Oh shit, maybe PJ flex not correct either because there's been that controversy going on at Minnesota as well. Although it seems much, uh, I don't want to say tamer is the right word. It's not getting all the attention that Northwestern gets. So maybe PJ Flex is getting a little lucky for the time being.
0: I don't think that whole scandal is going to amount to anything. It, if you read into the reports, there was nothing very serious going on there, com- especially compared to what just happened at Northwestern. Like we can that, we
1: can talk more about Northwestern in a minute because I've got i got something to say on that.
0: But it felt like some piggybacking off of. There's a controversy in our division in the same conference. Let's just let's fire what we have and see if anything gets takes hold from it it didn't seem like it was strong enough to move on from pj fleck i don't think there's any reason to people complaining because they had to do workouts in a football program is not going to mean that your head coach needs to. Get we, we
1: saw <laughs> what happens when you don't work out in a football program just go watch navy versus byu from 2020 yeah. no yeah. contact practices are are fantastic for your offensive line
0: yes very very good for your offensive line especially out of any position group, that's the team that benefits the most from never doing any work, for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> They've got an interesting schedule to start the season, though. They start against Nebraska conference game, two non-conference games, Eastern Michigan, North Carolina. Then they play Northwestern, and then Louisiana. They're kind of all over the place on the schedule here, but in reality, it sets them up. It's It seems like a more favorable early half of the schedule than kind of what the, we're
0: seeing out of the rest of the Big Ten. I know, I'm really loving the at North Carolina week three. That's going to be the biggest test out of any of the first five. Um, Unless Nebraska comes in hot,
1: which is I mean, that's a possibility. How much more time do you want to spend on Minnesota? I know we
0: haven't really talked about the players here. I feel like Nebraska's got... I do want to hit on, they don't have Tanner Morgan anymore. So there's going to be a transition there. They don't have... Mo Ibrahim anymore. Uh, This Minnesota offense is going to look a lot different than it has the past two years. Chris Autumn Bell is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the nation. Chris Autumn Bell is awesome. Um, And Tyler Newman, I feel like I did myself probably overrate him and put him in my All-America team. But I love him. He's awesome. And (laughs) Is he objectively one of the two best safeties in the country, maybe not. He's definitely top five, though, and I love him. So he's, he made the All-American team for me.
1: <laughs> the, the reason we're saying North Nebraska might be worth something this year, though, is because of the coaching change here. I, I think everybody's got to be excited for Matt Rule because at least it's a change of, at least it's something different. It's not going to be the same thing that we've been seeing from Scott Frost.
0: You've
1: yeah. got, you're going to have a new offense with Michigan. You're going to have a completely new look team, essentially, granted more of the same players, right? But with Matt Rule taking over, I don't know how much you can really, you know, rest your uh, analysis and prediction off, prediction off of what they did last year.
0: I don't think you can do anything based off what they did last year, except when you look at the defense, because they are basically returning all of their starters on that side of the ball. Uh, But if you're not convinced about Matt rule, because of what happened with Carolina Panthers, let's be realistic because let me remind
1: you what he did at temple and Baylor.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to get there, but also, uh, Urban Meyer didn't work out with the Jacksonville Jaguars and he was one of the best college coaches of all time. I think that's fair to say. Also, uh, Nick Saban didn't stay in Miami that long with the Dolphins. He went, ran back to college and became one of the best college coaches ever like in the top two and probably not number two for most folks. So (laughs) <laughs> there is reason to be optimistic. If there a lot of those back. folks
1: that probably have him number two, probably have another Alabama head coach at number one anyway. Right.
0: So right, uh, but you are seeing some differences here. Jeff Sims is a transfer in from most recently from Georgia Tech. Where, if you hear that a couple of years ago, you think, "Oh my gosh, why are we getting a triple option quarterback?" That is not the case. <laughs> Jeff Sims is going to be one of, I don't, that's not fair to Adrian Martinez. I was going to say he's one of the most talented quarterbacks they've had in a while. Um, Adrian Martinez was frustrating. I don't know that Jeff Sims will be I, as frustrating. I think
1: not having a quarterback head coach <laughs> will also help Jeff Sims. It would have helped Adrian Martinez as well, I think. Uh, because he did once he left Nebraska, he did decent. I mean, he was he was mu- He looked a lot better than he did at Nebraska. Suffice to say,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: I Anthony I'm interested.
0: Is t- sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes. Of course, you know the rivalry with Colorado has been coming back, building back, and now it's going to be. We talked about. It, I heard you talk about it in the Pac-12 episode. It's going to be two new head coaches and two teams that are going to play very differently than they had the past couple of years. This could be huge for Nebraska. Having that week two, that could be a huge springboard for their season.
0: Could be. Could be. Miles Farmer is suspended, uh, but then he decided he didn't want to actually serve that suspension, so he transferred out. They lost one of their best defensive players. At the same time, Isaac Gifford is a great safety and kind of wasn't easy replacement for the slide purposes. Uh, Luke Reimer is one of my favorite returning linebackers, but I talk enough about linebackers. Let's let's jump to Northwestern. (laughs) Where we have another first year head coach. Yeah. And another, another uh,
1: controversy that has taken place here. Now I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I am not in the know and I am not an insider with any of this by any means. And I also have other opinions about some of this as well. But I have heard and seen that there is – I have not seen, but I have heard that there is a video proving this, that one of these players that has made these accusations went you know, went and said, I'm going to ruin uh, Pat Fitzgerald. I'm going to make sure that he gets fired. That being said, you get all these guys together to make these claims of all the things that were happening, it kind of starts to feel like a Deshaun Watson case of where there's too many people talking and there's not going to be enough buyout at the end for this to really you know, be beneficial. So you've got that going on. The second issue that I have, and this one is just pure facts, you can go back and look at the timeline of everything. When the school originally found out about these allegations, they, you know, suspended him for two weeks without pay. Like, hey, you know, go go on vacation, go do whatever. We'll come back in two weeks and talk about it. Uh, and then it shows up in the school paper the next day. And the Day after that, they're like, "Yeah, actually, we're firing you. Like, you're done. We're not. We're not doing this." So they they caved into a lot of pressure here. That's why this is so, you know, even even if the thing about the former player is not true, that's why this is so interesting of what's happening at Northwestern. And on top of all of that, this has now also evolved to affect other sports where there have been other accusations of hazing, uh, pretty much across the entire athletics department at Northwestern.
0: Yeah. I don't know what to think about it. I don't want to take sides. Um, I just know the reports didn't look good. Uh, no. But let's talk about David Braun very briefly here. He was defensive coordinator for North Dakota State before coming in to be defensive coordinator here at Northwestern, and then now has a shot uh, as head coach Northwestern. Who does he decide should replace him as defensive coordinator? But the defensive coordinator is Southern Illinois. So this is going to be a very Missouri Valley football conference heavy coaching staff at Northwestern, which probably is the best news they could have asked for. <laughs> get, some, right. get some new new blood in there. Try something different because the past couple of years have not been good. Even though, Weirdly enough, they made two Big Ten Conference championships not all that long ago, Uh, and yet somehow they're definitively the worst team in the conference right now.
1: Lash, I mean, you kind of said this, too, when they were making those championships. They probably would make one more, which I believe they did, mm -hmm. and then they fell off a cliff because recruiting to Northwestern is so difficult. Right. This, right,
0: you can kind of tell when they they can get a couple of guys to buy into hey I'm going to go to law school after I finish football but I'm you know he's like a four-star a big time four-star guy who's like I I don't know if football's going to be necessarily my future he ends up at Northwestern because of the quality of school they have like two good years and then that's, <laughs> that happens every so often at Northwestern
1: and hey, they've got a great facility getting built. Maybe that'll help with recruiting as well. I don't think anybody expected one and eleven with zero wins on American soil. Nobody right. expected that from them last year. So, I the sad thing is with everything else going on on the outside, I don't know that it's wrong to predict that they, you know, have a hard time matching one and eleven this year, uh, which is you unfortunate.
0: That, you say that, but if they can beat Nebraska again, I could see them being a three win team.
1: <laughs> the payout was so so lukewarm <laughs> let's just let's go. let's go yeah
0: let's jump to the boilermakers here of of mighty purdue uh most recent big Ten west champion, but they do lose their head coach going back to his alma mater of the Louisville Cardinals. Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator for Illinois most recently, is now the head coach at Purdue. And it is his first ever head coaching job. Had to bring in a transfer at quarterback. Hudson Card is going to be the guy, most likely at least. Uh, Everybody else has been here. I am interested to see if Purdue can keep it up because a lot of that success was built on Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones. Um, the defense wasn't exactly out of this world last year. I think that's fair to say. And it just kind of, the offense just kind of clicked in Jeff Brom's system. Uh, even even with all those things going right, it's not like they were world beaters. They went, they, they basically tied for first in the Big Ten West with, like, four other teams. So... (laughs) Uh,
1: Could Hudson Card be what puts him over the edge, though?
0: I highly doubt it. (laughs) Highly doubt it. I mean, Uh.
1: it, it it was a back and forth. It was a competition at Texas last year. He got some quality playing time. I mean, I... I don't I don't think any the bottom line is I don't think anybody's competing with the Big Ten East when it comes conference championship time. But I do think uh this division will be rather competitive, not you know, completely competitive, but rather competitive.
0: Yeah, it's I don't think Purdue's gonna be bad this year. I just don't expect them to win the Big Ten West again because I think there are at least two other teams who are definitively stronger than they are in that division, um, which I don't know was the case last year. It felt like a year where we we went into the year saying there there could be four or five different answers. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's the case this year, and I don't think Purdue is uh, is one of those exactly upper echelon of the of the division. They're in that second tier of teams who will give you some problems. I'm, I'm right. definitely not looking forward to going to West Lafayette if I'm anybody else. So, <laughs>
1: I don't I don't know anybody that would be. But <laughs> well, let's move on. We got one final team with a surprise head coaching change here or higher I should say. Maybe the change isn't that surprising, but the higher in my opinion is just wild. I I can't believe that Luke Fickle left Cincinnati when they finally made it to a Power 5 conference, and to go to Wisconsin is even more mind-boggling.
0: I know. I know. I've been trying to rack my brain for a couple of months now thinking why exactly this move. Uh, All I can think of is that he wanted to be in the Big Ten for a little while now. This is the best opportunity that has come up. Since he's been thinking he wants to get back into the Big Ten, and realistically, he's accomplished everything that he possibly can at Cincinnati. Uh, I don't think there's a path for Cincinnati to be competitive in the Big Twelve this year. Maybe Luke Fickle saw some of that up right on the wall too. Unfortunately, yeah, for the Bearcats, and just uh, yeah, there's there's a chance to go uh, tackle a new challenge. And this is a – I hate to call Wisconsin a stepping stone, but I think that's what might end up happening here. It feels like he is still angling to eventually take over at Ohio State.
1: Uh, And this would be a good tryout for it, and they've got – they've put together a a pretty good squad, at least from the players to – the players to watch that we have here. You gotta think that they're they're gonna have at least some type of success this season, again mm-hmm. in the Big Ten e- or West, where it's a little bit easier. The my biggest question, East, West, whatever. My biggest question <laughs> My biggest question is are they actually going to compete or is that just kind of a hope for everybody?
0: Uh, that's that's fair because of how different it's going to be, right? This is going to be a completely different-looking Wisconsin team than – I don't know. We've I, I don't know that we've ever seen a Wisconsin team play the way this is probably going to play. Um, like, the way they've operated for years is run the ball for, I don't know, 2,000 yards with a single guy. Build up that offensive line with some, some, uh, hay flinging farm boys. Build up the, the front seven with some more hay flinging farm boys. And then your defensive backs, best of luck to you. We'll see you at the end of the semester because we're going to leave you on an island. And that's usually worked. Uh, that's usually it. Of every team in the Big Ten, since the Big Ten has gone to a division schedule, either the Big Ten West and East, or if we're talking legends and leaders, since there's been a conference championship game out of the Big Ten, Wisconsin has made it the most of any team. That is a real stat. And, of course, almost every time. (laughs) Right. Think of only one-one, but... They've been there more often than anybody. The fact that they're that consistent and the fact that they're able to do it for as long as they have is it's telling of a program culture uh, and it's it's telling of their style is successful to a point. But Luke Fickle right. wants to break that break that ceiling and that takes some changes. They brought in like four different guys to transfer in at quarterback. Graham Mertz is gone. He convinced Braylon Allen to stay, but he's probably going to use him differently than he used him last year. Like this is going to be a, a interesting first season for Wisconsin. There are reasons to be excited about it for the future. This particular season might be pretty tough. <laughs> at least
1: they've still got jump around.
0: <laughs> 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 they start off. They start off the season against a a MAC opponent, so very exciting. Uh, and also the return of the home and home Wisconsin at Washington State. I know I called it out in the Pac-12 preview, but damn, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Uh, but there are some other great games in the conference to watch out for. Some non-conference matchups to watch this upcoming season. Louisville against Indiana up in Lucas Oil Stadium, Indianapolis. That's the the only time Indiana will be, get, be able to play at Lucas Oil because they're not making the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, so they had to play Louisville there instead, which is a bad move because Louisville is going to whoop their fucking ass. Suck it, Hoosiers. Probably, yeah, yeah, it's
1: not, it's not a good I, concept,
0: everybody. I work with too many Indiana fans, man. I have to take some shots while I can. <laughs> uh, very potentially looking at a Big Ten conference game, uh, in two or three years from now, but in the meantime, non conference matchup, the Huskies heading to the Spartans, uh. September 16 here. This is cool.
1: (laughs) I I think it, especially when you want to talk about the fact that Washington might be going to the Big Ten. I mean, the Pac-12 is in absolute disarray, and it seems like, what, Washington and Oregon are the top two candidates to be the next ones on the move to the Big Ten of all places.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is a a really strong clash of styles, where it's strength on strength of every side and weakness on weakness every side. So probably actually a very good game, but not for probably not for playoff implication reasons. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe Michael Penix is uh, the goat this year.
1: And well, and he, he's he's going to be back to playing against Big Ten opponents that he had a lot of success against on a worse
0: team. That's true. Maybe Washington fucking smokes them. <laughs> uh, this is a typo, unfortunately. Um, this is my bad. But Fresno State at Purdue is actually September two. Looks like I goofed that and put it at the bottom because I thought it was twenty three. That's eh, fat finger. Big. It's close. Big dudes in the trenches applies to fingers as well. Unfortunately, big, big
1: dude fingers.
0: Big dude fingers in the keyboards. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) but Fresno State at Purdue is actually week one um, and it's in West Lafayette. This is the reason it's on here is because I think Fresno State is one of those like tier two teams in the Mountain West. Right. And to see how they compare to a completely new look Purdue team with a, a new head coach and everything. It's, I don't think this is going to be like a, a fantastic game, maybe necessarily. It's going to be very telling for what we can expect of Purdue. Um, if they come out and dominate this game, I am much more on high alert for Purdue this season. I, also don't think that's going to happen. That always makes
1: you nervous. I feel like whenever you're on high alert for Purdue though,
0: dude, going to Purdue is always terrifying. I think, I think you have this in here for a little bit of selfish reasons, which is fine. Ohio state at Purdue, October 14. not like I have that date circled. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of which, because they
1: could absolutely go and play spoiler, uh, yeah, what are we what are we thinking for the Big 10 well, conference champions here? We of course still have divisions, so we got to go through who we think is going to win the East and the West and then pick our conference champion. I guess the West is probably going to be a faster conversa- conversation here. But then again, it is pretty wide open. Uh
0: I know you're I don't looking think any of this conversation is going to be fast. This is uh these are some tough choices.
1: It's going to be fast for me because I'm going to take Illinois because I love it. And I would love nothing more than to see Illinois take on the Ohio State, not just for the Big Ten Championship, but also for that beautiful, beautiful wooden turtle trophy for Illibuck in the Big Ten Championship. There's nothing more you could ask for. Do I think Illinois has a chance in that game? Realistically, no. But it would be awesome to see.
0: That's my official stance. Out of the Big Ten West, I'm going to go for
1: Iowa. Fair. I mean, if nobody scores, you only have to score once to win.
0: I'm trying to look at the schedules right now because I feel like that's going to end up being the deciding factor. Um it we is. hit on it a, a couple different angles already, but I feel like there are two or three teams who can legitimately win the Big 10 West this year as opposed to like five last year. And, that, um, and that's I why I think Illinois, Illinois and
1: Iowa because both of them get to avoid
0: uh get to avoid like we said they get to avoid Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, but they do have to play Penn State, which I think are going to be losses. So I don't. I think it's a wash. Two. Yeah, I think it's a wash. Then between Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin, Wisconsin's loss comes to Ohio State, as opposed to Iowa and Illinois' losses coming to Penn State. Right? It's
1: we'll we'll give Wisconsin the tug it's then. It's perfect.
0: So I I think Minnesota has too much turnover to compete. I think Matt Rule is too fresh. I don't Mm -hmm. think this is the season. I would think next year at at the earliest.
1: For Northwestern? Or for Nebraska,
0: rather. Nebraska. Northwestern has so many issues, it's not even worth debating that they're going to be competitive. And Purdue has a ton of turnover with a first-year head coach, too. First year ever being a head coach anywhere. Like I, I think it comes down to those three. The schedules are... Man, the, I was at Wisconsin, home for Illinois. Shit, I, I'm just going to stick with it. I said Iowa, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> There's too much scheduled math that I could do there. It's fine, it is what it is. <laughs> so
1: here's the real question. Here's, and yeah. this is probably the most painful one for you. Is it going to be Michigan or is it going to be Ohio State?
0: Yeah. I do like that we can automatically narrow it down to those two. Um, I do mean that sincerely. The fact that the Big Ten East, at least right now, uh, runs through the game is awesome. And most likely the Big Ten itself will run through the game for, for quite a while, even with the additions of USC and UCLA. Um, man. Everything about the game this year says that I should pick Michigan if I'm being honest. Um, I will not do that. I <laughs> physically can't. I physically cannot do that. Ohio State's Big Ten champions, I have to. <laughs> For journalistic integrity reasons, go ahead and take the Wolverines. Fuck yourself. But also... <laughs> So,
1: so what, what are you actually putting down here?
0: I mean, I, I'm i picking Ohio State. I will. Pick we'll, we'll, State. Let Tuck
1: we'll let Tuck pick Michigan. We'll
0: Tuck here's, to, I think, here's the I here's think the, he probably wouldn't have
1: you out anyway.
0: Here's my thinking the game is in Ann Arbor this year. Mm-hmm. They are returning a starting quarterback. And the best running back in the nation, they are on a revenge tour style of season. Even as weird as that sounds, had that loss to TCU was so embarrassing that they're going to be on a fucking terror. Yeah, um, and that scares me. On the opposite side, you have an away game. You have a first-year quarterback. You have, most, for the most part, a brand-new offensive line. You only have really one returning starter across that offensive line. You still have question marks of defense, though I do think the defense is going to be a lot better for Iowa State this year. That's not a certainty. And we've lost to him twice in a row now um, i will say if we lose again if if we lose the game again it is not out of the question that ryan day has to find a new job
1: which would be fucking wild, especially if they make it to the national championship game, which they barely nearly did this past season.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think this, I will say though, you know, to kind of break this up, this is the fairest we've been to uh, tug as far as picking conference champions for him, because he kind of just got, He got leftovers of kind of the best of what we had. I, we don't have to be, but real, like, who are we going to say is going to win the Big Ten East?
0: Penn State, give him Maryland and against uh Nebraska, he will (laughs) he'll love it. He's a huge Tonga Valoa fan, we don't have to tell him which one.
1: here's here's the best part here's the best part of all that too we've set him up pretty poorly as far as he's go because he's been gone (laughs) watch him win watch him watch him do better than we do I'm sure I'm (laughs) sure it will happen so who's winning who's winning the champion the conference for him then Nebraska
0: sure (laughs) does it matter (laughs)
1: We, that's how we can start the next show. Like, hey, Tug, we've gone through and picked conference champions for you, uh, but we couldn't decide who you'd want to pick between the two division champions we gave you in the Big Ten. So Maryland or Nebraska, who's winning the conference?
0: <laughs> I'm afraid he'll think we're joking, so pull up some evidence. <laughs> I, I've, no, no, no. I've been, I've been putting it in, the, uh, <laughs> in, oh, our, in our thing here. So. <laughs> I I could very realistically see a scenario if we lose three straight years to the team up north and Luke Fickle is successful at Wisconsin, which means winning every game except for against us. <laughs> Potion uh, next year. Yeah. Yoink. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, that could be. That could be. And maybe... You know, kind of like you mentioned, maybe that was a posturing he did by taking that uh, that Wisconsin job, put him in a position yeah. to, to be there for it. Um, let's see, it's, I can it's leave very this. uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable to think about. Week.
1: I can leave this till next week. Uh,
0: <sighs>
1: in the meantime, though, we do have some links for y'all to check us out, all kinds of different places. I want to say most importantly, but honestly, you know, that's that's kind of selfish of me to say most importantly. But if you would like to support the show monetarily, help us do more things and be better for you. Check us out at patreon.com backslash BDT football. You can also go to twitch.tv backslash big news in the trenches. All one word there. And besides catching the show live and seeing our beautiful faces and all the beautiful graphics that we uh, make for the show. You can also subscribe there or donate bits to help support the channel as well. You can head on over to twitter.com and search at bdtfootball x.com, whatever whatever officially is turning into. I think Twitter is still the official domain. Uh, at bdtfootball, that's how you'll find us there. Facebook.com backslash bdtfootball and Instagram.com backslash bdt underscore football. So be sure to check us out all those places. Last but not least, we do have a website, bdtfootball.com, and you can email us your questions, mailbox at bdtfootball.com, if you're unable to catch us live, which brings me to my next point. If you're an audio listener, you already know where to find us, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, But if you would like to watch the video later, you can check out the VOD on Twitch for sure, but we would love if you went over to youtube.com backslash big news in the trenches, all one word there as well, and went and gave our videos a like, a comment, share them, And of course, don't forget to subscribe. You can join us on Discord. We have a lot of conversations in there. Discord and Twitter, those are both uh, two good places to be for us. We're trying to work in the other ones. So if you would like to help us out with that, hit us up in that Discord. The link is in the description, and it's been scrolling across the bottom if your fingers feel like typing it all in uh, to your web browser to join our Discord. That being said, Doug do you have anything else to add
0: just remember folks if oregon officially joins the big 10 very soon remember where you heard it from first that's right brutus buckeye on instagram that is officially 100 correct (laughs) first on the scene i'm not kidding go look at brutus buckeye's instagram You'll see a a, a very mysterious post of him with Ducky, and it is. (laughs)
1: I'm just saying, (laughs) since we're talking about the Big Ten, and we have the Hall of Fame game going on right now, you've been seeing Sports Scorebot uh, in our chat here, keeping us updated on the the Hall of Fame game between the Cleveland Brown and New York Jets. Former Maryland Turpin Yannick Ngakwe has signed with the Chicago Bears, and I know we're not an NFL podcast, but I love the Bears, and uh, you know we got the Big Ten tie in, so it felt right to bring it up.
0: That's cool. Yannick Ngakwe is decent.
1: Best available defensive uh, free agent is what they're saying, which might just be to make me feel better. I'm not entirely sure, but you know I it mean, is what it is.
0: It's he's better than who you had. I. <laughs>
1: low bar hey uh (laughs) what does the farmer say to the cows at
0: night go moo yourself it's past your bedtime i wanted it to be worse than that it's okay
1: (laughs) it's this one's this one's probably a little better when you see it spelt out i
0: won't i won't lie oh i understand it (laughs) it's not that hard to figure out what you meant (laughs) It's just All right. Not as good as I wanted. It's okay. You can do better. You've done do better. better in the past.
1: I've got I've got plenty in the <laughs> hopper, don't
0: worry. Okay. Bring your A game next time cuz next time we'll be talking about the SEC who basically everyone has to bow down and declare the the one true conference.
1: <laughs> The one, the one conference to dominate them all.
0: Yeah, it's just facts. It just means more. Yeah, yeah, it and just we just meme more. more in the Discord. So come on, join us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
1: get out of here. We will see y'all next week. Peace out, girl. have a good one, everybody.